0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Beyond Life and Fitness podcast. I'm Cheryl Patton, and I'm Megan Prince. We started this podcast as a way to connect with more people who are struggling to fit it all in, the workouts, the food, kids, work,
1: and relationships. We know that we're not perfect, but we hope that through our struggles and our mistakes and our failures and our successes that we can help more people through their challenges and be successful. So if you want some tips and tricks to help you along your journey to be the best version of yourself, then this is it. All right, welcome back guys to episode number two. Today we are so excited to share with you how to break down your personal barriers and keep confident in your fitness journey and in your life. Today we're going to talk about your inner critic and how you can bypass some of the things that you're um, that are holding you back in your life and holding you back from achieving some of your goals and how you think on a daily basis. So would you like to start? Why don't you tell us some of the things that you feel like in your fitness journey that you have been struggling with in regards to your inner critic?
0: Yeah, so we had like a huge probably half hour chat before we hit record on this particular Mm podcast. We should have just
1: podcasted the whole talk.
0: Yeah, we probably should have. But Mm -hmm. anyhow, um, yeah. So one of the things that I have definitely, um, uh, I don't want to see suffered from because that's just not the right word. But one thing that I um, am definitely at fault for doing for many, many years is definitely playing the self-comparison game. I even remember moments back in elementary school. There's moments in high school. I'm going to say not so much in university. For some reason, I felt like it was more of a, in my mind, it was like an even playing ground with everybody that I happened to be around. And maybe it was Mm -hmm. just because everybody that I was around were all in the same program doing the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so, So, yeah. And being in this particular industry playing the self-comparison game can be very bad
1: Mm -hmm. and I think back to I think back to um elementary school too and I think that when it starts in elementary school is because we are faced with a classroom of say 25 people my kids are in this well my kids were in this until we started homeschooling and especially when we were going through lockdowns and kids were only allowed to play with their their class, a class of 25 children, half of them are girls mm. and half of them are boys. So my children have 12 girls to choose from out of that class. So you're so segregated in who you get to choose as your friends because that's who you see on a consistent daily basis. So it's almost like first, and yes, if you meet your best friend and if you meet somebody that has so much in common with you, awesome, amazing. But if not, you're trying to mold yourself into being what these people sort of like what they don't like. You're trying to mold yourself into a person. So I think during, um, University you probably felt a little bit more relaxed in who you needed to be because then you're not segregated or pushed to be friends with just these certain people. You are you are open in university to find people that are on your level, that like what you're doing, that have your same energy, that have your same interests, and like whatever sports teams you go to or whatever clubs you joined those are people that are doing things that you want to do and then I think yeah it starts early in public school is that there's not really a choice and it's choosing the lesser of two evils sometimes between friends right Mm -hmm. so when talking to my 12 year old or 11 year old about this it's saying to her just try to find the best in the friends that you have right so find each person's strength And focus on that because all of their friends obviously are going to have different things. So I think, yeah, I think it starts out early when we don't really have that opportunity to um, be who we want to be because we're molding ourselves to be who is in our circle at that time.
0: Yep. Yep, totally agree. Yeah, friends ebb and flow a lot during those elementary and high school years for sure. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, some people get really lucky and find their BFS forever, Mm -hmm. right? That they keep all through elementary, high school, university and they keep in touch um, and some people don't.
1: And that's, I feel like that's rare. I do too. I feel like that's like super rare that you find somebody. So I think... I think our self-comparison starts super early to um, especially people that we think we need to be or we think we need to be like in public school, like you were talking about before, clothes that people had or um, the way that they wore their hair or anything like that is that we think that we need to be those people. So we don't aren't given mm-hmm. the ability to freely, authentically find out who we are because we're always trying to chase who we think we should be so i think it's funny and how like when you start hitting 40 it's always these women who start to be like i don't give a fuck anymore because we're now realizing that we can be who we want to be and then you just attract into your life Mm -hmm. who's going to motivate you and support you and brings you joy so Yes. I think starting the self-comparison stuff in middle school or elementary school and especially high school, right? Because you're trying to fit in, you're trying to fit in and try to find your place. And I think a lot of the times we mold ourselves in high school to be what we think we're supposed to be. And that's so frustrating because how can you be anybody else than yourself And I think for so long, I, um, not sabotaged, I kind of pushed down who I really was because I thought I was, had to fit in with these people. Mm -hmm. And now as I get older, I love all the parts of me that I haven't been showing or haven't been giving for so long. And I'm like, what was I doing for all those years? I love this stuff about me. And this is just me. So... Yeah, so I think that starts like super early for everybody is that inner critic um, always tells us that we're supposed to be somebody else and second guesses who we are authentically.
0: Yes, definitely the second guessing, definitely trying to fit in, trying to find your place, your tribe, your place, your crew. And yeah, and sometimes you'll change who you are in order to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Just
1: so that you have a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. And then we wonder why our inner critic is so strong. It's because for so long we've been... Feeding it. Feeding it the whole time. Being like, no, 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 you can't have that part of you. No, 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 that's too much. Or like for me, I have no filter sometimes. So I just say what's on my mind. (laughs) I just say all the time, right? So I think... But for me, I just lead with my heart. I like have my heart on my sleeve, and I just say what I feel all the time. And sometimes it's stupid, and sometimes it's ridiculous. But I think, yeah, for so long, I just kept those parts of me hidden because I thought it was too much, or I thought it was um, that I should just be this girl that just sits there and you know is quiet and says what I'm supposed to say. And hmm. but that's not fun because then for so long you have this person, this little tiny inner person sitting in there and they're like I want to come out and they're just like sitting in there so now that it's finally out and you can actually authentically be yourself but I think the inner critic stuff is the thing that holds most women back from actually achieving and doing what they want in their life because they second guess that they can achieve it that they're good enough that they're that um, people care about what they have to offer in the world and I think for me starting off that self-development journey thinking, oh my God, well, there's been a million people that do fitness classes or there's been a million people that do fitness competitions or a million people that make protein bars or whatever that I was just like, but they're not me. And I have so much to offer than those other people because it's me, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody has their own thing and own place in this world of what they need to what they have to offer and nobody's is less and nobody is more and i think it's awesome to be able to find women that have those different traits that cuz we all have a purpose in the world. We all have a reason that we're supposed to be here. And if we take that inner critic and let it hold all of the real us inside of us that we don't actually get to give our gifts to the world. We're actually hiding our gifts from people because we've been taught that we just need to fit in.
0: Yeah. Right? I would totally agree with you on that one. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And then you were mentioning something too earlier in our conversation with Mel Robbins, the five second rule. Mm -hmm. What is that?
1: So the five second rule, she basically started it by she was going through this big depression, she was having a really hard time in her life, and she was laying in bed one day, and she basically just said to herself, I'm gonna count from five to one, and then I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna get up. So every single day, it was five, four, three, two, one, get up. So on that one, you're going, you're doing this thing that you need to do. So like on the days that my kids are laying in bed and they don't want to get up, I'm like, babe, just say the five second rule, five, four, three, two, one, get up. And then it gives them that time to, because in five seconds, we can change what we want to do. So it's like, oh, I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna to go to the gym, this is great, but I don't wanna to go to the gym. But if you just said to yourself, five, four, three, two, one, put my shoes on, walk out the door. So it just gives your mind, um, it just gives your, you don't have time to second guess anything, you just do it. Mm-hmm. And so the five second rule helps with anxiety. Same way is that when you start thinking negative thoughts in your head that you count down from five and you stop that thought, you stop what you're thinking about and you replace it with something good. So I do that all the time because, well, actually we were talking about when I first got here. Yeah. I'm an overthinker and I think you are too. Yeah. Right. You think all the time. I think actually all women are (laughs) overthinkers, but when I start thinking something and I start going down the rabbit hole, right? So say like things like, cause I've suffered with anxiety. So, and my anxiety presents itself in my heart. So uh, there's been times where I feel like I'm having a heart attack or Mm. I have heart palpitations or my heart speeds up or my, or my, um, blood pressure drops really fast. It's just random times. And so then what I do is (laughs) this is what I used to do anyways, before the anxiety, before I realized how to deal with it was that I was, would feel the heart kind of jump or start to speed up. And then in my head, I would be like, Okay, I'm gonna call an ambulance and then I'm gonna have to find somebody to find my kids because I have to go in the ambulance and who's gonna take care of my kids and then I'm gonna get to the hospital. I'm gonna have to like, I'll probably be dead by the time I get there and then what are my kids gonna do for my funeral? And then I'm like go down the rabbit hole of all of a sudden I feel this thing in my heart and now I'm dead and I don't know what my kids are gonna do. So for the five second rule for me, for controlling anxiety, it's like, okay, all of a sudden you're feeling a weird tinge or you're feeling your heart rate speeding up, I count from five to one and they change those thoughts like Mm -hmm. super like almost like a snap of a finger I'm like Meg nope you're okay what do you need to concentrate on now and then I go to the next thing so the five second rule works really good in our house for my kids when they're not motivated about something um especially when you start thinking negative stuff about yourself it's a good way to um catch yourself and then by the time you get to one You focus on something positive. So I think that's been a big thing for me for anxiety, but also for getting shit done. Because Mm -hmm. especially like taxes, if you're sitting there like, because what a lot of people do. Same with what we were just talking about in the first episode is that people will do things in their comfort zone. Right? So let's just stay in our comfort zone. I'll grocery shop all day because I love grocery shopping. Same. Right? We should totally grocery shop sometime (laughs) because I love grocery shopping. I love, like, getting it all home and cutting it all up and feeling super healthy. But um, same thing, I think, with... I had totally lost my train of thought as I was saying that. You're going to have to help me get my train of thought back of where I was at with that. So, excellent question. (laughs) But I know. See, we have to we are, back well, the,
0: the thing that like the, you're sort of doing like with the with the five second rule and that whole reframing of your thoughts by not allowing that um, right, like you would sort of change on that once you hit one mm-hmm. right. Like there's no sitting in that. Oh yeah so moment. like yes,
1: so doing your taxes. So you're sitting there, and I. I could do things all day, like grocery shop and meal prep all day, because that would take up a whole day and it would fill it up for me, but I wouldn't do my taxes. So most of the time people are filling their days with things that aren't actually getting the stuff done that they want to get done. They're busy being busy. They're busy being so busy, but they're not not productive. I have a friend like that. And I'm like, you've been busy all day, but you haven't done anything that's like, um, Moving the needle forward. Moving the needle forward. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even... So yeah, same thing with your taxes. When you're sitting at home, because I'm a single mom, sometimes I don't have kids now. Yeah. It's either I freeze and I'm like, I have 70 things to do while the kids are gone for 24 hours. And sometimes I freeze and I'm like, oh my God, I can't do any of this because I don't even know where to start. Yeah. But five, four, three, two, one, start doing your taxes. Just do it. Like just... You just got to do it and give yourself that on that one. And then you just start doing it. And I think for me as a motivated person that once I start doing it, then I'm in the zone and then I'll do it. But yeah. Five, four, three, two, one by Mel Robbins, I think is awesome. And it's been working in our house for That's awesome. some things. Yeah. Yes. Because
0: like our brains do have this natural tendency to always see the negative, Mm-hmm. And I know I heard that somewhere I read it somewhere so I could I'd have to try and find it. but yeah so our brains have this natural tendency to always lean towards the negative. And so like you said with this five second rule, it's just learning how to reframe or how to reset how you're thinking within five seconds mm-hmm. so that you're starting to train your brain to start seeing the positive more Mm -hmm. than the negative but again it takes time it doesn't happen overnight it Mm -hmm. takes time to kind of get into that habit Mm -hmm. because how long have you been doing this five second rule in your house for
1: we've probably only been doing it for a month or so but i think without even knowing her five second rule i think that even a year ago when i went off anti-anxiety meds i think i've been slowly doing it by myself right so slowly realizing the things that when my my blood starts, like, I feel like I'm starting to feel anxious or things yep. are bothering me, yep. then I'm like, Meg, I stop. And I'm like, what do you need right now? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're overwhelmed and if you're stressed, what do you need right now? Because before I would just keep doing the shit. I would just keep, oh my God, I got to go to the gym. I got to go pick up the girls from this. I got to go grocery shopping. i got to do this. And I'm like, what do you actually need right now? Do you need to sit down? Because Everybody has groceries enough in their house that we're going to be able to eat. It's just, right? So maybe I don't need to go grocery shopping right now. Maybe I can just sit because I'm just feeling really overwhelmed and it's too much. And I think as a mother of three, I just kept doing, 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 doing for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that some of those things I didn't have to do I was choosing to do them. Mm-hmm. We get to choose what we want our life and our day to be like. And for some reason, we pile so much stuff on. And then we're like, why am I overwhelmed? And you're like, uh, you just chose your day in 20 minute intervals, and then you wonder why you're stressing out. Like, <laughs> why am I stressing out? But I got like yeah. 10 minutes in between this and I have five minutes to run into the grocery store, but I have to get this kid. So I think it's just stop, yeah, it's stopping and listening to like what do you need that day? Yeah. I know for me,
0: I'll do a lot of, I've gotten really into the habit of doing like a lot of like deep breathing, Mm -hmm. right? To help calm down the nervous system Mm -hmm. and just to help slow things down Mm -hmm. a little bit. And I know that that definitely helps, um, helps for me
1: as well. So yeah, yeah. I think breath work. Like actually, I was reading last night in a book that I um, am reading, and it's called I think How to Do the Work, and it's about like your vagal nerves and your vagal tone and all that kind of stuff. And you can actually, you can actually um, decrease your stress and anxiety just by breath by the 100%. way that you're breathing yeah. you can slow down your heart rate yeah. which then tells your brain like I'm okay I'm in a relaxed state even if you're yeah. not it it's it will slow down your heart rate so yeah. by breath yeah, yeah you blood can blood pressure down everything yes. right yeah so for 100%. you in competing so when you so for competing obviously because it's super hard but i guess comparing yourself so when you wake up in the morning would the first thing you said to yourself like oh my gosh I need to work on this more or this doesn't look good or this I need tighter or this isn't looking good enough do you think that that's the first thing you say to yourself in the morning maybe yeah (laughs) so the other thing that I started doing which was huge I think for me is I wake up in the morning and I look at myself And when I stand there and look at myself in the mirror, I look at things and I say what things I like about myself. Mm -hmm. And then I say it like five times to myself. I just say like, I love, I love my shoulders or I love how my legs are looking or I love this. And I don't focus on, oh my gosh, I have a little roll here or I don't like this or I wish this was this. Mm -hmm. So for me, I just focus on all of the things that I'm liking about myself right now and I don't even, I don't even acknowledge, I don't even let, there's like a block in my head now, I don't even let the things that I don't like about myself into my head, and even with my kids a couple months ago, and I'll ask them this randomly when they're having a hard day or we've been frustrated with each other because one of my daughters will be like, well everybody hates me, and I'm like, not everybody doesn't hate you, everything's fine, And I'm a bad person, I'm a bad kid. And I'm like, no, you're a great kid, honey. Just because mommy's mad at you doesn't mean that you're not a good kid. And so I said, tell me three things that you like about yourself. And my kids really struggled with this. So they're five, 11 and nine and they could not, the five year olds like, oh, I love all these things about myself. Like she's at that point where she doesn't have the inner critic already, right? Like she's just like, oh yeah, I love myself and I'm funny and I love my hair. And then my nine-year-old is like, I don't know, mommy, what do you think? And I'm like, no, I need you to tell me what you think. So in the beginning, asking my nine-year-old, what do you love about yourself? She struggled for a really long time. And now she can name them off for me because she's comfortable in saying positive things about herself. Right. I think we get into this like stage or phase or whatever well I think where
0: it is also to almost somewhat
1: you feel like cocky it. or something
0: no um, it could become I think some people may take it as mm-hmm. a little bit of egotistical mm-hmm. arrogant mm-hmm. for sure because mm-hmm. you think of all these great things about yourself mm-hmm. and so I think the narrative has always been kind of driven towards um, uh, like downplaying right? Like, so much, right? Yeah. And, that's, and that's just kind of what's expected mm-hmm. out of the conversation, right? So if you're talking mm-hmm. to a family member, a co-worker, a, a neighbor, it doesn't, you know, and they comment on how something might be going wrong, mm-hmm. right? You tend to like, oh yeah, like I totally get it. I agree. Mm-hmm. I had this happen to me. Right. So I think that has just been the way the narrative has gone for mm-hmm. decades. Mm-hmm. And then when you have people who are willing to voice on um, what they feel is positive about themselves mm-hmm. then some people see that as well aren't you cocky or mm-hmm. aren't you a little bit arrogant or
1: whatever the case may mm-hmm. be and I think right. I hope and I wish that we can get to this point and I think in my self-development journey now I've met these women who know they are awesome and they talk about it and in in this free space of people that you surround yourself with that it's okay to love yourself and say good things about yourself because I think if you found that like most of the time with women I think we sit down and we have coffee and then we complain about all the things that Mm -hmm. are going wrong or all the things that we don't like about ourselves or all the shitty things that we did but imagine you sat down to a coffee with somebody and you're like oh my god you know what I did today it was so awesome I like I bench pressed whatever and then I took my kid here and I we got our nails done and I was such a good mom today I think my even me when people are like, oh my gosh, you're such an awesome mom. And then my first reaction every time when somebody says you're an awesome mom, I'm like, oh no. I'm like, you know what, I yelled at my kids today. I was freaking out at them all morning. So my first reaction every time somebody or somebody says something to me like, Meg, you look really fit, you look awesome. And I'm like, oh no. You downplay it. it. I downplay it every time. Yep. But what if we just decide not to downplay things anymore and we just tell ourselves, That it's okay to love things about ourselves. And it's okay. So I think the biggest thing out of this one is to... To accept the compliments. To accept (laughs) your compliments. To wake up in the morning and look in the mirror at the things that you love about your body. Mm -hmm. And to stop comparing yourself to everyone. Because the one thing I've learned is people can have the same exact fitness program... They can do it for the exact amount of time and eat the exact same foods and they will both look totally different because yeah. we cannot be somebody else at all. Like how can you be another person's body? Yeah. We can't. You can't. Like, that's not even a possibility. So I think the inner critic work for women is huge in, in all aspects of our lives to hold us back from achieving goals and yeah being our authentic self
0: yeah yeah you did that was awesome
1: <laughs> wasn't was? job well done i'm <laughs> taking the reins today i appreciate that
0: i'm sure that you you're be way on the ahead next one. you're way ahead on that journey than i am so we're definitely going to learn a lot from each other as we go through all of our podcasts so but i think that is the perfect place to end on those tips For sure. I love it. Awesome. Good. All right, guys. Thanks for listening and we will catch you in the next podcast. Thanks everybody for listening today. And we truly appreciate you and let us know what your biggest takeaway was today. And if you have any questions you want answered on the podcast. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast to automatically receive your episodes and to help us reach more listeners. We would love to connect with you on our socials, either Facebook or Instagram with links in the show notes. Till next time, keep taking those small steps towards your best life.